Welcome back, or welcome to the Charge to 100 podcast, where we can come to learn how to learn from our failures and successes to become our 100 self. I'm your host, Colton Blomberg, professional poker player, recreational golfer, and avid smiler. Alongside me is Lloyd Evans, cybersecurity professional. I'll leave the second one open for Lloyd and a lifelong friend. Good evening, Lloyd. Welcome to season two. Good evening, Colton. I'm glad to be here. Second one uh, for today's grapefruit. Big fan of grapefruit. Oh, I think, interesting. Uh, I think it's pretty good. Apparently, Just, it's also good if you eat it before like working out. Like I've been eating a lot of citrus before running, and it like helps out a decent amount. How do you, how do you eat your grapefruit? Oh, I like cut it in half, and okay. then I have like a grapefruit spoon. Yeah, you know, like there's a spork. This is like a a exactly. knife. I'm familiar. And, uh, I'm familiar. And it's got like little like jagged inches, and then you like cut down into it and then eat it like do you put like sugar or anything on it, or you just eat it as is? I used to when I was a kid. I loved pouring sugar on it. I eat it as is now. Nice. I'm not much of a physical grapefruit guy, like the fruit itself, but in my opinion, it makes the best seltzer water flavor Mm. out there. I would agree with that. Nobody would expect grapefruit to have the best seltzer water flavor, but it just is. I, I can't explain it. It's just math. I wonder if that's because like the other flavors are like taken or it's like if you think like lemon, you're like, oh, like this is nice, but I'd like a lemonade. Lemonade has claimed oh, the lemon. Grapefruit doesn't have a drink. So right. yeah. seltzer water is a fine default. Yeah. Off that tangent. <laughs> Speaking uh, of things that make sense, uh, <laughs> books nine and ten of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. All right, do we have an intro for the book? Is that something we that do? I jumped we do. On? So okay, for this I'll series, for this series, we're going through Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Marcus rules the Roman Empire between 121 and 180 AD, and wrote down his private reflections on philosophy, stressing the search for inner peace in the chaotic world. And we're on books nine and ten today. Book nine. He gets real, uh, real deep. And by deep, I mean, he starts writing like a lot longer paragraphs. And I'm gonna be honest with you, like some of them, it's like, you know, like the meme of the dude that's like, got the uh, like crazy like diagram behind him. And he's like, look at this, you know, like he's a little crazed. (laughs) Like some of these, that's like some of these nuggets are like great. And then other things I'm reading this, I'm like, hmm, like I I don't know. Maybe this might make more sense if we had like a couple beers together or something like that. Maybe. Maybe if we're a bit inebriated and sitting around a campfire or something, you know. I feel like for a few of these bullet points on his, hopefully you bought your work shoes and uh, your work boots and a shovel mm. because like you're you're getting deep into it. You know, you're not going to get it on the first go. You know, you're going <laughs> to have to have a couple lashing attempts at it in order to... uh really break down these paragraphs it was it's a bit humbling it's like a i don't know whenever you first started switching from picture books to to paragraphs and whatnot you know in chapters it's like oh that's a big step well that was us with marcus aurelius because we're going from these philosophical bullet points and now we're going to philosophical paragraphs and it's like ooh, i guess i'm ready for it marcus maybe you know best you know i, I didn't think i was ready for it but okay let's dive into it and diving in he does for book nine he pretty much dives into just universal truth and what that means and so (laughs) he says like for the universal nature is the nature of things that are and things that are have a relation to all things that come into existence this universal nature is named truth and is the prime cause of all things that are true and uh, nature is like a, a running theme in book nine, 10 a little bit too, but like mainly book nine, he like really talks about like the nature of things and then uh, like how that relates to our perception of them as people. 
and it's just like human beings like we have all these i don't know like connotations or like emotions or judgments i guess would be a good word that we place onto like things around us and what he's kind of getting at is nature's kind of the overarching like being right so like uh, the example that he kind of like comes back and forth to is like death just as living right like we all have family members like loved ones pets animals people or like beings that we really care about and we've all like experienced death in one way death's also one of those things that people you everyone kind of like takes it like differently everyone kind of processes like a loss differently and that's kind of what he gets into this here is more of like a that's part of the world and a maybe like more painful way does he say wrong he might say wrong at some point in here okay no number three do not despise death but be well content with it since this too is one of those things that nature's nature wills and uh it's that like well content with it where it's like if you go through a loss like honoring that loss and like maybe like celebrating the person's a bit trite but like kind of like more along those lines of appreciating you know, the, the end of the story, like, as it were, instead of not being able to accept it. Very much agree. I think Marcus, he's a big fan of nature. Like, I think nature in, in, in terms of, like, universal truth is, like, the overarching thing. Nature is, like, a fun mix of, like, perfectly solved, but also just, like, not perfectly solved, right? We don't really have any input on nature. Like, we can react and, like, go with it and against it, I guess. But, like, nature's just going to do nature things, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of our job to adapt. Not really the other way around. I mean, sometimes it can be forced the other way, but it's because like we're forcing it and making things unnatural as opposed to just complying and like leaning into nature, you know? Nature's like the top ring, I feel like, of like completely solved, but also a mystery. You know what I mean? It's it's sort of like, I don't know, the ocean sort of feels like that. The ocean's kind of set in stone, right? But there's so much that we don't know about it. Like we don't know anything about the ocean. And that feels like nature. And so like you take a step below that, and you try to relate it to yourself and like other parts and other beings that you're around and you're like, all right, let me solve this. <laughs> like you try to relate everything to can this be solved or can this not be solved? It's difficult to do. They say like impossible to do. You know, we, we try to solve all these things. And I think we read books and we relate to other people and we, you know, dive into Marcus Aurelius and really get to stoicism and philosophy and all to better comprehend our own lives and all these other things. And uh, he just kind of tells us, he's like, uh, just do natural things. <laughs> it's like, man, yeah. okay. It's like, I, I was trying to read the recipe or like solve the equation. And then now you're just telling me to go back to nature. He kind of like, he he drives that like nature thing, like really as like an internal, like external type thing too, where he really focuses on like nature is like this external, like it just kind of like things that happen around you just are what they are. And that the most important thing is to be introspective in terms of like your internal, like responses or actions. You know, it's interesting where you like you read a chapter like this and you like are like really following along with the bullet points where it's like, oh, yeah, like uh, I think we like threw around like a hurricane. It's like an example where it's like this event of like mass circumstance where it could have a lot of effects like all you know like over it's like we live in america so like you know like the 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 main like southern coast right is where like most hurricanes factor like the gulf coast or the eastern seaboard and like there's all these effects that come out of it but at the end of the day you know like we can't really change that and our response is like what it comes out of and when you like talk about this like where i'm going with this is 
like all of that kind of like makes sense. Like if you're like listening to this, like as we're reading to this, as we're like discussing this, you're like, oh yeah, like, like that makes sense. But for some reason, we, we have a lot of like threads of thought that are really common that don't go along or, or, or like respect those lines. So like, I guess the best rule that I can think of off the top of my head is when you have a strong, like emotional reaction towards something that someone else did. So whether like that's a friend that like lied to you or like someone who thinks something that you're like, how the heck can they like think these things or like, you know, have like crazy like opinions, oh, man, it, it happens on the national stage like all the time where it's like someone does something right. And then like the conversation seems to be like, can you believe that they did that? And it's like, I, I've never understood these conversations because it's like, yeah, like I can't <laughs> believe it. Like people are crazy. Uh, it relates to in book 10, number four, he was saying, if they've made a mistake, correct them gently and show them where they went wrong. If you can't do that, then the blame lies with you or no one. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, you can yeah. accept blame if you feel like you need to enlighten somebody. And if you don't, then you can feel bad because you're like, oh man, I should have done that. Or you can just be like, you know what? I don't think anything's going to get accomplished here anyways. So I don't feel bad by engaging in this topic. I think it's just sort of interesting, like a sort of like a live and let live mentality where I think people in general team like tend and want to do good. And if it's not necessarily good, it's like they're doing their best. And I guess that's not true with everybody, but I'd like to think that it is. Yeah. And it's I think that's a good example where there's a current in society that believes that like, okay, if you have a strong negative reaction against an opinion someone has, it's almost like a crusade almost where it's like the the thing that you should do is like launch an assault, like a social assault on this person. <laughs> and like, and that's kind of where we're at is that like, you know, there's like groups on like, they're, they're like for anything that happens nowadays, yeah, or it's true. like, you know, someone has a strong opinion um, and then the opposite side of that opinion or like the like, antagonistic side of that opinion, like needs to like launch this like social assault to like shut that down. And it's so interesting where like that's so common nowadays. And yet that's exactly like what Marcus is saying is like almost not to do from the standpoint of in his mind, it's either a yes or no from like a like an attention standpoint. Like if mm -hmm. something really like aligns with you, then like spend more like time and like effort and like attention towards that. And then if it doesn't, then don't spend more time and effort and attention towards that. So it's kind of interesting how like right now we're like you disagree with something. So you spend a lot of like negative polarization of attention, like towards it. So like driving it back over to the book, go to book 922, where he's like, hasten to examine your own ruling faculty and that of the universe and that of your neighbor, your own so that you may make it just the way I interpret that is how you make decisions and how you spend your time, which is pretty much just also a decision so that you may make it just right where it's like, okay, like I'm spending my time doing what I want to do and I'm making decisions that I want to be able to make and that like I'm feel good about making and then that of the universe right and then that of your neighbor which he goes into so that you may know whether he has acted ignorantly or with knowledge and that you may consider that his ruling faculty is akin to yours that part I feel like it's totally lost in society or at least like social society today by social I mean like online where it's like People assume that opinions that disagree with them are like ignorant, no, pretty much no matter what the opinion is. And then people that agree with them are like knowledgeable, no matter what it is, just across the board. Yeah, you could you could say like a basketball opinion of a team and people would be right, like, well, right, right. Uh, clearly not. Like if you watched any of the films, it's like 
okay, dude, like <laughs> we can we can make any arguments about any way, which way we want. Like, exactly, exactly. Which it's interesting too. It's it, it, it Marcus is getting is that like so that you know, so that you may know whether he has acted ignorantly or with knowledge, but that requires like listening to like what they're actually saying and not like immediately assigning it in a bucket of like they're with me or not with me like (laughs) which is like like he's saying like hey examine like how your neighbor's making decisions because like maybe maybe they're like you know batshit insane or like maybe they're actually like really following on to something that like you can grow and learn from in either way like the decision then will be again not to like antagonize them if they're against you but if you find that you like agree with your neighbor, okay, cool. Spend more time with them. Cause like you guys are like, you know, you make decisions accordingly. And if you don't make decisions accordingly, you know, you have the option either to not spend more time with them or you're like, I guess like learn from them could be another option. And that's either way. Let's say if they make bad decisions, you could learn, okay, Hey, like let's not make these decisions. Or if it's like good decisions then like, Hey, you should definitely like learn from these like good decisions that they're making. I, I guess I could just take that to 20 where he says like, it is your duty to leave another man's wrongful act there where it is. And I think that that like kind of capstones like this, like discussion that we've had where it's like, there is not a whole lot of that going out of the world where going back to the one that you pulled up where it's like, it, it's not really like on you to like change the world. It's like on you to change yourself and then have that have like the, you know, like chain reaction throughout the world, depending on, on like how well you do it, I guess. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think yeah. uh, I like relating it to like when I used to play more competitive sports or whatever in like college and whatnot, I guess. I mean, not that competitive, but still competitive, I guess. I've always we were always told or at least like told other people because I used to ref as well, where we were like root for your team, not against the other team. So it's like mm. if your team does something good, like cool. But if the other team does something bad, just sort of like let it lie. You know what I mean? Like you're not like booing them to necessarily miss. You're more so rooting for your team to play good defense or rooting for your team to make the basket or in whatever context. You know what I mean? It seems like the latter happens a lot now where you're not really supporting your arguments or like what you believe. You're more so like putting down other people's arguments. I don't even want to say you're trying to like convince them that you're right and win whatever argument entails it's more so just like proving that they're wrong and i don't think that's necessary that's not the right way in my opinion that you should like go about your business if anything like you know other people can have their opinions and it's not really your right to choose whether it's right or wrong in their eyes or like through their eyes but you can look at it through your eyes so if people like do or like have some crazy opinions that you like don't agree with if anything like you can know that that person thinks about it in that regard now but now you know like where your opinions lie a little bit more concretely, which I think isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, I think it's better for you to stand strong within your own, uh, within your own accord and like look introspectively about like things you believe in and why you believe in them, as opposed to just like knowing things that you disagree with. If that makes sense. Yeah. I wonder if that, like, if you don't have that internal bedrock, if that's where like the emotional, one of the things that like I read like most about is like leadership and early on life slash career, I would get very emotionally like charged when I saw bad leadership. But I was like, at such a young age that I like didn't know how to I didn't know how to like conduct myself in that situation, where I was like very frustrated at like decisions that were made at like a higher level than mine. And like, that kind of like manifested itself in like just general frustration, venting frustrations to like others around me, 
and it just kind of like focusing on that piece of like bad leadership. So like taking that to like 31, where he's like, let there be freedom from perturbations with respect to things that come from external cause. And then let there be justice in the things that are done by virtue of the internal cause. That is, let there be movement and action terminating in this and social acts. For This is according to your nature. That second part, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little lost there. So maybe you can help me after I finish my statement. But that first part I get very clearly, which is like, you gain a ton of freedom not being like emotionally charged to external things. In that example, right? Like if I could talk to like that younger Lloyd, it'd be like, hey, are there decisions being made above you that maybe reflect like poor leadership? Sure, absolutely. Let's focus on what you can do to learn from those situations, which are like very clear and present learning opportunities in front of you. And then maybe we can focus on the situations that are like good that are being presented in front of you. And then we can learn from those as well. And then we can move forward. Like there's a ton of freedom in that. And then there's like going to that like word that's like virtuous or like virtue in there. I 100% agree with that. That thing that I just like just said previously, where it's like focus on the good pay attention and accept the bad or like maybe not pay attention, but like, you know, accept the bad as it comes. Mm. Like that is for whatever reason, a thing that the world rewards. And that like second option that I said first, where like the way I actually was, which was like just very focusing on like the negative part of it and like venting that out was like the world did not reward that. And it took me, it took me like a hefty like payment of my life to like learn that lesson. And that's why like, I like hold on it here is that it's crazy to me how we're reading a dude 2000 years ago that understood that. And yet I lived in a society where like, I just didn't really practice that or know that as like a, you know, top of mind thing off of, you know, it's like a, like a just part of being human. I think it helps that we have like a bunch of like, I don't know what we're looking for, but we have like a bunch of like extra variables now in our lives than they did like 1800 Mm. years ago. Like the internet is just like the most like mind blowing thing. And then you add that on to like interconnectivity to everything else in our life, how everything's just combined through the internet or technology and whatnot. And it creates this like huge spider web of everything, you know, and we're just like a small, tiny little spider. And it's like, like, I didn't make this entire web. But now I'm here and it's like, I get to choose where I go on this web. But like, I have no fucking clue where it's like, I feel like 1800 years ago, you were still a spider and you're still on a web. But like the web was like infinitely smaller and it was like much simpler as well. You know, like I I think there was a lot a lot less things intriguing on your web. So like you could have these thoughts about like philosophy or stoicism or introspective thinking on yourself and all of these things. Because like there wasn't as much clutter, I'd say. And it's like feels very full circle that we like have all these things now. And then we're like reverting back to these thoughts that were had 1800 years ago because we're like trying to solve ourselves, which is you know more or less impossible what we do our best, similar to like solving nature. And it's like we feel very out of touch with nature now because of all these other things. But like everything sort of boils down to nature in the end, one way or the other. It's, it's just like a, it's a weird concept to think about the day and age that we are and like how uh, we're just sort of like a blip on the map, but people 1800 years ago were doing the exact same thing as us, more or less, 
just we have a few more variables now, you know. Number nine is when he like really dives into nature as being so he says like all the share in a common element have an affinity for their own kind and he goes into like if you look at like earth earth tends to like stick with itself and water you know tends like liquids tend to flow Mm -hmm. with like other liquids and like air tends or like gas like tends to like you know stay together and like you know bees swarm in like you know bee pod things i don't really know um you know like like all these animals kind of congregate together in herds everything kind of like goes to what's similar to it except for intelligent animals which like if you like go to humans right where it's like like honestly the other half of this like we were saying this before too where it's like it's like a common human experience to like want to feel like loved and a part of a like a group but like everyone wants their like circle around them they're like hey like i'm accepted in this This is my little herds my little pod and yet Mm -hmm. it's almost like we have that longing because of what he's outlaying here that like intelligent animals have forgotten this mutual desire and inclination where it's like everyone knows that they like want like a good friends or like good family. And yet we have all of these like running issues that are like passed down through like generations that like causes to like reject those when they come up potentially like in our life where it's like, uh, you know, like a common thing would be like the kind of person who isn't able to choose healthy relationships because they're like running towards the th- like unhealthy aspects of relationships that they're familiar and grew up with. On the um, part about like the difference then being simpler like than the times now there's like an article that I just read actually where there is less innovation happening in science and I'm going to say science broadly here on the podcast you'd have to go to the article to like start to dive into like what particular sect but I think the article does speak for like scientific communities as like a like it's like a more broad trend that there's less innovation happening because there's so much information that someone has to process mm-hmm. so like if you wanted to write scholarly articles let's go with like the bee swarm since it's something that we've said right there's so much information on bees that you have to like draw in nowadays that if you were going to write something at like a phd like real published journal uh level it would be like the just the incentives that are aligned the information that you have to consume to be able to write this is so big that it's better to stay safe in terms of the information that you draw upon without really too much pushback on whether that's still valid because that's that like you know innovation like tension or like i don't know if you like call it like the disruption part of innovation is like hey like we collectively do this thing really good right now but we're gonna disrupt this industry and innovate because we're gonna try to do it a totally different way and like see if it works and like that kind of still plays out in the markets nowadays I mean, you see that with like, you know, Uber and cabs. It's like a trade example, but let's go with it. But like in the field of science, there's like so much you have to consume that there's less things like Uber happening because everyone's latching on to what's like commonly being latched on to. I think that's like very common. That's like a common thread you can look at a lot of society where it's like, if you want a dating book, okay, cool. There's 10,000 dating books that you could look through. Like, you know, which one do you pick? You know, like your friend could be pushing this dating book on you, but like maybe your friend is total shit at dating. Like, you know, they like, just said, <laughs> so do you want to like it? And where I'm going with all of this is like, 
if I've gotten anything out of like this chapter and kind of like lately, it's like how important it is to align, like going with, you know, his concept of figuring out like people's judgments and like how they think like it is so critically important to like form good teams and like good families and like good groups of people nowadays, because like one person like certainly cannot do it alone. Maybe like the ending thought is that like, that's hard to do because with all of the information we have, it like feels like you have to do it alone or like you compare yourself now to the people people who are farther along than you where like you only get a snippet you know of what they do you don't see the team behind it anything on instagram like if you look at like an actual professional instagram there's a team that doesn't it's not necessarily like the person and yet you ascribe the skill to the person not the team we covered a lot there i'm not really sure if i landed up my point but i'll throw it back over to you i think like tldr life is hard there's a lot of moving variables and uh best of luck (laughs) i wish there was like an easier way to give advice like i guess like trust genuine people and like do your best to like gauge that but trust your gut like trust your gut because it's just like yeah yeah it comes down to that like focus on yourself right what we're talking about is highlighting the importance of focusing on like developing how you could make better decisions because you can't control the external stuff and let's like we're all taking in like crazy amounts of information so you can't really control like the floodgates of information so what you can do is like control how you react to it you can control like what you consider to be like your driving principles like your like ride or die concepts about how the world should be and man i don't know if we've like i'm gonna bring us back to 16 maybe i think you brought it up already but uh, it's like no longer talk about the the kind of man or woman that a good man or woman ought to be but be such for all the complaints that you may have like are you actually the one that's like making the difference in your life and the life around you and pretty much like i, I guess what he like he gets that too because he does this a lot in, like his like ruminations where it's like if that doesn't happen like is it your fault like yeah sure maybe or it could be no one's he, he does he throws that a lot in here and i kind of we said like earlier we appreciate that uh that aspect to his writing in these chapters. It's it's tough to try to take these concepts and thoughts that were put into words and transcribed many, many years ago and then run them through the lens of the lives that we have now because I can't imagine Marcus Aurelius ever envisioned a life or a lifestyle such as the ones we live or anyone in this day and age. But I think a lot of the concepts still apply because we're still humans. And he wrote that from like the bare core of being a human being right with a bunch less variables and even though we have a lot more things going on nowadays in the world in our lives and politically and socially i feel like in across the entire board we're still humans and so all these concepts and all these goals to be the best version of ourselves are the exact same goals that that people had 1800 years ago I think it's important that like that we pay attention to other things that are happening and how people are acting and, you know, what they believe in and how they uh, exert their thoughts and interactions. And it's important for us to like take that into account and how we do our actions and our thoughts and then just try to formulate our own opinions, decisions and values and stick to those and try to make the world a better place. I I think that hopefully sums up decently what we can encapsulate from this chapter. And uh, I feel like that's a decent ending note as well. 